You are listening to Lockdown, recorded live at RSA Conference 2016. Brought to you by Red Hat and TheStack.com. Recorded live at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. Recording at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, in California. Um, and I'm standing next to a man who, over the last three years, has been a, a, a positive influence in the way that I've thought and talked about security in front of large accounts, but also how we model threat and how we understand what threat is. Jim Rivas, Cloud Security Alliance, again. Richard Morrell, it's a pleasure to see you again. You're looking good, and it's been it's quite an event. Such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> For a grandfather, you look far fitter than I am. Um, so you have had a very interesting week. I mean, Monday was a validation of everything that the, the Cloud Security Line stands for, wasn't it? Absolutely. That was our busiest day. It's unfortunate that you get a room with 1,200 people and you have to turn away two, 300 people. You don't want to do that. But it was a validation absolutely for us that enterprises are so far in cloud right now that they really need to address the skills gap we have. And so not only coming to events like this, but looking for other ways they can suck down all the education they can have because it, it, there are some real issues. We're doing a lot of things the old way when we think about how we're securing this new paradigm. But to have thought leaders on stage who are doing this for their day job, these aren't vendors who traditionally are trying to sell you kit. These are thought leaders. These are people who are leading by example. Yeah, ab absolutely. It's it's actually been pretty exciting. Not only that our enterprises are doing this, but the big shift in the announcement we made as our global enterprise advisory board. Where this is truly global, two thousand companies led by Vinay Patel over at Citigroup that are saying we need to speak as one, as a voice of the enterprise, to articulate the issues that we see. Because certainly we know that top tier cloud providers do a pretty so solid job on security. However, we're not thinking about how you do. Security security holistically. So you can have an enterprise that does a really good job on securing the systems that they control. Cloud providers can do a pretty good job on the systems they control, but communicating that, collaborating on that, having frameworks and architectures that actually span those, those corporate perimeters are still very challenging. And you talk about visibility and all those other things. So the enterprises are saying now, that's enough of that. And so we need to get together and we need to talk about transparency requirements that we have, the ability to communicate and get visibility into all of the different systems, the, the ability for cloud providers to understand their risk requirements, and it all circles back to a lot of the programs that, that you and I have talked about in the past, and our STAR program, and Cloud Controls Matrix, and a lot of those things, and, and just working to embed that further. But it was great to definitely see a lot of uh, thought leaders out there to talk about a lot of these issues on Monday. Talk to me about the definition of a CASB. So this is definitely a hot space. Uh, the cloud access security broker market, that's, that's a term that Gartner came up with and it's definitely a term that has taken hold. So I also talk about it in terms of being an intermediary between the consumers of cloud and the cloud providers themselves. And it's also somewhat of a derivation of the NIST definition of 
cloud where they did define this broker, meaning that it could do a lot of things as an intermediary, um, perhaps with um, load balancing or doing spot pricing or things like that with cloud mm -hmm. services. But the cloud access security broker, CASB, this is something that provides uniform visibility, policy enforcement, um, potentially a bunch of other blades of features such as opportunistic encryption between the enterprise and the cloud provider, maybe identity management federation, maybe a pseudo security operations center, mm -hmm. an incident response sorts of capabilities, but it does this by in some way getting into either a data stream or through API integration, mm -hmm. getting access to cloud provider data, log file information, management interface information on behalf of a customer. And so what it does is it allows from an enterprise side, from a customer side, to say, we want to control this type of information regardless of the tens, hundreds, or thousands of cloud providers that we have. Mm -hmm. We want to see any instances of this type of information. We want to make sure that strong authentication, identity federation, that these things are happening uh, correctly. And it's to me, it's, it's going to evolve quite a bit in what we do. And there, I think in the long run, you're going to find that API integration makes a lot of sense in how you do this. And instead of taking like an egress point out of a network, it probably makes more sense to actually to actually catch the issues when they're hitting the cloud provider. Because as we know with mobility and distributed networks, there isn't that single egress point you can manage to actually catch people going out to the cloud. But on the other hand, API integration with hundreds of thousands of cloud providers is also difficult. That's going to need to mature. Yeah, yeah but we've had what I would call regression, haven't we? We've had the disappearance of HP's public cloud, Verizon getting out of the public cloud game. We've always talked about mobility of workloads. Gartner and Forrester talking about lock-in being mm -hmm. a concern. Lock-in's not the concern. The ability to, to maintain your governance policies across multiple heterogeneous providers or territories, especially for multi-company, multi-country companies, a pharmaceutical country, a company which may have offices in multiple countries, wants to be able to have a CASB relationship with multiple cloud providers and have the same granular level of right. service, or to be able to outsource this, but where it's right. identity access management or storage or whatever, and to be able to do that and to have the ability to to continue as audit. Yep, so, so here's some of the problems. And one, one problem is market immaturity, and, and I love the Casbys, and I think there's a tremendous value. You don't get everything that you want, but you get some tremendous value in terms of some visibility, and over some, uh, some set of cloud providers, you're able to enforce policies, you're able to control. And again, if you're, if you're using a network flow, you might be able to even provide some level of control over cloud providers that you don't really know of and they don't have all of the API interfaces. But the, the problem, the other problem is that cloud providers, and I can't blame them, they like to own the customer relationship directly. And anything that's in the middle, and that's why I often use intermediary to kind of communicate and educate people about that is the CASB as an intermediary, it tries to manage a lot of the customer relationship on behalf of the customer and, and uh, basically inhibit those direct relationships. 
you, you need some of that because you take, take an easy example of, for example, if every cloud provider and you have hundreds or thousands, they're going to do their own encryption strategy. And so as an enterprise user, you have a thousand keys on your key ring. That, that makes no sense at all. And no. so obviously we need to have something in the middle so, so, you can, uh, so it can allow you to bring your own keys or other things like that. So there's, there needs to be this compromise in the responsibilities Cloud providers need to come to that realization. And again, that's part of where we think our enterprise advisory group and other, other places can actually communicate and educate and advocate on behalf of the enterprise needs because that will strengthen the CASB space. The other side of it is a CASB, just it definitely needs to grow up and add more features and functionalities. Mm -hmm. You may see some, you've already seen a little bit of market consolidation, and you may see some more uh, combinations that are of interest between the the people who are doing the CASB policy management mm -hmm. and and the other global types of organizations that have access to a lot of data feeds and, and, and things like that. But I, I think it's going to be a combination of this this API integration and finding uh, interesting ways to, to get access to the right data flows, doing some mobility uh, integration to make that happen. But it's a very important area for, uh, if you're in, in, in an enterprise of any significant size and you've got a lot of cloud services, it's something you at least need to be kicking the tires because it's going to change the way you do security in the future, so you need to at least understand where it's going. Do you think it's going to influence consolidation in the marketplace where you will have cloud providers acquiring other cloud providers? And that makes that makes the CIO and CISO of the organization who has a contractual requirement with the smaller company being swallowed up, nervous. And, but if, if, if that API integration is there, it's going to make that transition so much easier for that enterprise customer to just be able to, it's business as usual. Yeah, I, I think absolutely, because the idea is this sort of uh, to single pane of glass, which I know that's an overused yeah. sort of term, but that sort of ability to say we have these types of policies we want to do it, and you should be able to plug in different cloud providers. This won't be the only piece of that. I think we're we're looking real closely at how containerization and like our software defined perimeter project, how sure. that actually creates a layer of abstraction that makes it very easy to interchange cloud providers. But you take a few of those areas, you put them together, and it, it does commoditize certain of those types of cloud services. The other side of it is that cloud providers continue to innovate, and when they create new and unique proprietary services, then that can, can run counter to that. And at the end of the day, the developers are going to have a lot to say in how easy that is to work. I'm going to ask you some open questions now. When you started this journey back in the day, when we first started mm -hmm. talking, mm -hmm. did you think it would take the shape and the velocity that, it's, that it has now? I thought there was a good possibility of that. I thought someone needed to do that. And so I, I certainly felt that the industry needed it. I'd say that, uh, no, you don't really always predict the, the growth and, and our growth has been crazy year over year in terms of as a, as a nonprofit organization and the different stakeholders we've, we've been engaged. It's been heartening to see that type of growth. You obviously got to stay humble and we've got to be looking at like DevOps and how that's impacting security and IoT and containerization and figure out how do we continue to reinvent and not be too beholden to our existing research and standards and, and add these sorts of things in there. But no, you, you, you... I mean, I really don't want to ever see the CSA become a foundation. That would just... Against everything that you stand for. Yeah. I think what... I think what, what the, the overarching experience of people who've touched the CSA is that it gives you a feeling of context maturity and that 
All the answers that you didn't have as to how your business vertical fits into cloud are there for you to touch, to be able to look at those controls, those tick boxes, the ability to beat your auditor, the ability to understand what a service level agreement looks like with a consuming cloud company. Let's take it to the next step. Yeah, I, I, I think we, we got to figure out how we address a lot of those problems where we're, we're identifying, I think, a lot of these issues, but we have a big skills gap problem in, in this world, and we have a negative uh, unemployment in the information security industry, and I, there's so many open job recs, and even for people who are in the industry, there's real gaps on how they understand uh, their understanding of DevOps and cloud, and have they spun up uh, any uh, virtual machines in a lot of these different areas. So. So there's, there's still uh, connections we need to make to help people across that chasm to be able to uh, do this in a more responsible and, and, and mature way. So there's definitely a lot of work to do, but we're, we're gonna continue to try and do it the same way we've addressed it, find a problem and be very agile in, in providing good enough guidance to, to go. But we're gonna continue also to extend our partnerships with regulatory bodies, nations, uh, industries, you know, in a way that we can educate, you know, some of the ones that are sort of at the tail end of figuring this out and mm -hmm. auditors and regulators and some of those people as well. I mean, you still have Anissa who are incredibly vocal in their support for CSA. Anissa has been just a wonderful partnership and we've done some work recently in the financial sector and we're building on that ourselves with a financial services platform which is really trying to take a big picture view of that sector obviously one of the most vital ones but uh, they've, they've been terrific we've had good relationships with the Singapore government and in Japan and, and even in China and I, I think that's kind of our approach is there's a lot of competitive uh, interests out there and we try to take a positive view on what are the points of agreement between uh, the United States, European Union, uh, China, and uh, other of the, the, the countries that are key parts of our, our ecosystem. So next question is a quick call to arms. I'm, you know, whenever you send a survey, I tweet the hell out of it. You know, I push it. Apart from me, I turn up at your desk <laughs> with a machete to make you <laughs> to complete it. That's about all I don't do. For people who can't take part in a local chapter, or there isn't a local chapter, how do they get involved? Well, what we'd really like to see is definitely more participation in research and working groups. All of our working groups are run virtually. It's uh, online portals. There are some phone calls, which sometimes for certain parts of the world can be a little bit later, a little bit early, but uh, a ton of the work is done, uh, done virtually and through email and working group uh, collaboration tools. But we announced this this uh, RSA, our research fellowship program, and we just appreciate the heck out of people who give of their own time. And it, it helps them as well. And we, we think the fellowship program provides some recognition and we'll be able to build on that and provide a lot of discounts to conferences, mm -hmm. maybe even free travel and all these things. We'll, we'll see how many people are Jim, taking up on it. you're turning into a travel agent, aren't you? So, well, I won't actually book the flights, <laughs> but we might have a good uh, happy hour once they arrive. Okay. I think for people who are at the tertiary edge of cloud, the CSA gives them an amazing ramp up to understand what the global bigger picture looks like and a network of professionals to work with. It's a golden opportunity. If you're not involved with the CSA, you should be involved with your local chapter. If there isn't, virtual working groups, great way to do it.
All right. Well, thanks a lot, Richard. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you on the podcast. And stay well, stay healthy, my friend. And let's do many more of these. Good. Jim, thanks for your time. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can stream or subscribe to all the shows recorded this week via SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Be sure to catch up on Richard's latest security post at thestack.com, reporting on all this week's events here at the Moscone.